0: Good morning. Today is Thursday, the 30th of July, 2020. Today we commemorate William Wilberforce. Our readings are Psalm 70, this one's optional, 71, Judges 4, 4 through 23, Acts 1, 15 through 26, and the Gospel of Matthew 27, 55 through 66. I am blessed to be at home um, on vacation days, so to speak, today. Still desperately trying to get the house in order. It is slow going, unpacking. Um, so prayers for that, if you would, please. I'm also very blessed to have some plumbers here doing work at my new place, and so if you hear um, noises in the background, that's why. I'm very grateful for I'm grateful for my beautiful home to live in, um, speaking of what prayers for my previous home as well. Thank you all very much. Um, now that I've gotten all my requests out there <laughs> sorry to put that up front that way. Send me yours, um, and I will pray for them as well. Thank you. Thank you all very much. I'm very glad to be here with you this morning and have this time. And I would imagine it's tough for you to set aside time as it is for me. So let us thank God right now for motivating us to take the time to draw near in worship, praise, and prayer. Amen. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins that we may obtain forgiveness by god's infinite goodness and mercy god of all mercy we confess that we have sinned against you opposing your will in our lives we have denied your goodness in each other in ourselves and in the world you have created we repent of the evil that enslaves us the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh that today we would hearken to your voice. The holy one is in our midst. O oh, come, let us worship. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O God, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire to hurt me. Let those who say, Aha, Aha, turn back because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O God, do not delay. Psalm 71. In you, O God, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O God, are my hope, my trust, O God, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me, and those who watch for my life consult together. They say, pursue and seize that person whom God has forsaken, for there is no one to deliver. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let those who seek to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all day long, though their number is past my knowledge. I will come praising the mighty deeds of God. I will praise your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, And I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me. Until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O God, reach the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which which you have rescued. All day long, my tongue will talk of your righteous help. For those who tried to do me harm have been put to shame and disgraced. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Judges, chapter 4, verses 4 through 23. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, Our sovereign, the God of Israel, commands you, go, take position at Mount Tabor, "'bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali "'and the tribe of Zebulun. "'I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, "'to meet you by the Wadi Kishon "'with his chariots and his troops, "'and I will give him into your hand.' "'Barak said to her, "'If you will go with me, I will go, "'but if you will not go with me, I will not go.' And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for God will send C- sell Cesara into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and ten thousand warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had separated from the other Kenites, that is the descendants of Hobab the father in law of Moses, and had encamped as far away as Elon Bazinim, which is near Kadesh. When Cesara was told that Barak son of Abinoam had gone up to Mount Tabor, Cesera called out all his chariots, nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the troops who were with him, from Herasheth Hagoim to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak Up! For this is the day on which God has given Caesarea into your hand. God is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand warriors following him. And God threw Caesarea and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. Caesarea got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. While Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Herusheth Hagoim. All the army of Caesarea fell by the sword. No one was left. Now Caesarea had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between King Habin of Hazor and the clan of Heber the Kenite. Jael came out to meet Caesarea and said to him, "'Turn aside, my lord. "'Turn aside to me. "'Have no fear.' So he turned aside to her in the tent and she covered him with a rug. Then he said to her, "'Please give me a little water to drink "'for I am thirsty.' So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. He said to her, "'Stand at the entrance of the tent, "'and if anybody comes and asks you, if, "'Is anyone here?' "'Say no.' But Jael, wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand And went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground. He was lying fast asleep from weariness, and he died. Then, as Barak came in pursuit of Caesarea, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there was Caesarea lying dead with the tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Then the hand of the Israelites bore harder and harder on King Jabin of Canaan until they destroyed King Jabin of Canaan. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, A Song of Wisdom Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters but their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then God, the righteous sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled through, excuse me, friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their language, Hakeldema, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his homestead become desolate, and let there be no one to live in it. And let another take his position of overseer. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph called Barabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, God, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias. And Matthias was added to the eleven apostles. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R, a song of true motherhood. God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of God's work, most humbly and most pure, in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed themselves in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share our mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within them in love and travail until the full time of Christ's passion. And when all was completed and Christ had carried us so for joy, still all this could not satisfy the power of Christ's wonderful love. All that we owe is redeemed in truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our, Savior, of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 27, verses 55 through 66. Many women were also there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, "'Sir, we remember what that impostor said while he was still alive. "'After three days I will rise again. "'Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. "'Otherwise his disciples may go and steal him away "'and tell the people, "'He has been raised from the dead, "'and the last deception would be worse than the first. "'Pilate said to them, "'You have a guard of soldiers. "'Go, make it as secure as you can.' So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by, seal- by sealing the stone. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let's affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, Who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love we believe in God the Holy Spirit she strengthens us with power from on high we believe in one God source of all being love incarnate spirit of truth amen hear our cry O God and listen to our prayer let us pray our Creator in heaven Hallowed be your name, your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I think that we need to use the litany of healing in place of the suffragists today. I'm really feeling that. So let's um, get out Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2, and use the litany of healing found on page 33. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. God the Creator, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Incarnate, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, In you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled, that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom its skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death, and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit those who are bereaved. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin, in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. O God, we ask for your healing. There is so much that needs healing. We need healing from the pandemic. We need healing from racism and sexism, elitism, materialism, whatever the ism is for the worship of false beauty, all of the isms, God. all of the disease, all of the affliction. And as I list them, it feels so overwhelming, but we know, God, that it is not overwhelming to you. And so we do our part by addressing what needs healing when we encounter it, trusting in your grace, and keeping faith in your love. Amen. O God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Using the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission, To be understood is to understand. To be loved is to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I do have some thoughts on the readings today. And this has been... Quite frankly, this has been a fight to, to get through morning prayer today. Um, my recording only shows 27 minutes, but I have been in morning prayer for like three hours. <laughs> and it's partly the readings that are tough, and it's partly some other stuff going on, and I just beg the Holy Spirit's help in being perhaps the conduit for anything close to a synthesized message today. Psalm 71 really spoke to me and I stopped and took quite some time to to pray it for myself. I hope that it speaks to you too. Some of the things that spoke to me from it were the recognition of God as the only absolute, the rock, the fortress. And verse 7, I have been like a portent to many. As I prayed this, it came out this way. I have been made an example of to dissuade others from standing up and speaking out. But you are my strong refuge my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long oh god do not be far from me oh my god make haste to help me i will hope i will praise i will testify to your goodness grace and glory god you have been here with me in every moment You will revive, restore, and redeem me over and over again. From the depths of the earth, from the pit, from the bloody dust of the arena, you will bring me up. You will increase my honor. You continually comfort me. I will praise you and shout for joy. My rescued soul will sing to you. God, be healing those who sought to hurt me, that they will not hurt anyone else. I realized as I was praying at the end of this and reading the end of this psalm that I do not desire, at this moment, <laughs> For the shame and disgrace of those who have hurt me. At this moment, my heart's desire is not for vengeance, but for healing. Although I admit, I do take a little comfort in remembering how hard the healing process can be. How painful So if I were to desire those who have sought to hurt me, the pain that they have done to me, well, it's very likely that healing will do that as well. So we might as just well pray for them to be healed because what we don't want is this unending cycle of vengeance. You hurt me. I hurt you back. Then you hurt another. The hurting goes on and on. What we need is healing. We desperately need healing. And when I read on to Judges, some snarky bitterness came out of me as I was reading this. I heard Barack wanting Deborah to go with him so that she could ensure his victory, but he could take all the credit. Too often this happens to women. It's happened to me repeatedly. It's happened to every woman I know. And it doesn't just happen to us. Often we turn around and we do it to others. So again, the cycle must stop. Healing must happen. In this case, neither Barack nor Deborah had the somewhat dubious honor of killing the enemy. But a third party, Jael, another woman, takes care, so to speak, of the enemy. Now Deborah foresees this, and I think it's of note that she doesn't try to thwart this, She matter-of-factly states this to Barack, And so I think the lesson here, at least for me and perhaps for some of you, is to acknowledge the bitterness and let it go. To trust that our recognition is in God, that God sees and rewards all of our efforts. That doesn't mean being a doormat to others either. Though our response to the baracks of the world should not be bitterness. It should be with God's help. It will be and is firm and self-assured just as Deborah's response. Deborah didn't need to deny Barack glory or jail she didn't need to rest it for herself she was secure she was secure and as the psalmist says god our rock she knew her place and her place was honored and beloved in god so we should re-root in the place of honor and love that comes only from god that isn't built on the shaky ground of other people or culture and support each other in our common cause. In this case the common cause was defeat of the enemy. That's very much the case today. We have a common cause to defeat common enemies. All the isms we talked about in our healing prayer. My focuses today are racism and sexism. If the Holy Spirit puts it on my heart differently, they might be differently tomorrow, but those are my causes today. And so I will lift up my siblings, my fellow people, as we work together for this cause and not seek individual glory but rather seek the healing of our communities with God's help if my humble self Can in any way be a guide toward others seeking God, seeking healing, seeking peace and love. That to me would be a tremendous honor. I think in our reading from Acts, Judas provides us an example as the anti-guide. Judas guides the Pharisees and the chief priests to Jesus for the purpose of destroying him. This is not what we talk about. It's the antithesis of what we talk about when we talk about bringing toward God, consolation being movement toward God. This is, even though it's movement toward God, it's desolation. And I think it's because of the purpose. Because Judas' purpose was destruction. I think that's what makes him the anti guide. So maybe a secondary thing to search our hearts for after searching whether we're moving to or away from God, is for what purpose? For the knowledge and love of God, I think should be our guiding purpose. And if we are so blessed as to walk alongside someone else in their search, may we keep that first and foremost in our mind for the knowledge and love of God. And these purposes are really entwined together for me because when I am talking about knowledge right now, I am not talking about intellectual knowledge. I'm talking about heart knowledge, that deep, bone-deep, marrow-deep knowing of God. And God is love, so that heart deep knowing is the love of God. It is, and my language fails me, but this is knowledge. This is love of God. Heart knowledge of God is love of God. It is synonymous. As we read on in Acts and the disciples talk about the loss of Judas basically opening up a spot in the twelve I am quite frankly disgusted by the criteria laid out in verse 21 one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. So criteria one, a man. And criteria two, presence. Now, Mary Magdalene, and the Mary that I'm going to call Mary Zebedee, because she is Mary the mother of James and Joseph, um, and if I am getting that wrong, who I believe were from Zebedee, and if I'm getting that wrong, then just please forgive me. But for the purposes of this conversation, I'm going to refer to Mary Magdalene and Mary Zebedee. So, Mary Magdalene and Mary Zebedee certainly fulfill the requirement of presence, they were present when Jesus walked with us as mortal, as immortal, they were present for Jesus's miracles and healing and participated in some of these. They were there at the cross in the gospel reading. And I guess I'm going to kind of be flipping back and forth between these two readings today. Many women were there, in addition to the centurion and the others who were standing guard basically at the cross and they were there at the tomb immediately after jesus's resurrection mary magdalene is the first to know, see, and share news of the resurrected Christ, making her the first disciple. So I will postulate that this is one of those places where the fact that a human, divinely inspired, but a human wrote the Bible, that we run the risk of misunderstanding. I don't believe that it's God's intent to say that the disciples are limited to the 12 representing the tribes of Israel or that the disciples are limited to or that disciples are limited to men. I don't think that's God's intent and I think God's intent is shown us by the fact that Mary Magdalene is the first disciple bringing the gospel. So here's the thing I think we need to think about here in our present time. Should gender be a requirement for any position? Whether it be disciple, priest, or even politician? Do we need to correct in the other direction? Because here's the thing, The white patriarchy, the system I'm talking about here, because I believe that the actual human beings are victims of the system. Sometimes perpetuators, just as victims of any other atrocity sometimes in their woundedness become perpetrators of the atrocity so the system of white patriarchy has for far too long incorrectly assigned the roles of disciple priest ruler leader Head of household, etc., as white male roles. So, in order to rebalance, do we need to then earmark these roles or at least? I was about to really go the way of affirmative action and say a percentage of these roles. Maybe I will let that stand because I don't have a better way of expressing it. For people of color and women and members of the LGBTQ community and the poor and the recovering and the disenfranchised, I think maybe we need to do so... We do need to so that we get used to experiencing people of color and women and LGBTQ plus members. All of those who are not members of the white patriarchy. We need to get used to experiencing them in these roles that they used to be barred from. And will some see that as taking opportunity from white men? Maybe, but I think somehow we have to get to a place where we're all at the table. And that means reserving some seats at the table. Maybe there should be some for each. Some for white men. And some for men of color, and some for gay men, and some for women, and some of... Do you see where I'm going with this? Maybe. But I don't think... I don't think God meant to say here the criteria for disciplehood... Is to be male. I don't think so. Maybe that second part. The part about presence. Maybe that is a criteria. For disciplehood. To be present. To show up for. And experience. And work through. Everything that goes along with. The knowledge and love of Christ that heart knowledge that we took about that we talked about before I don't believe God excludes people I believe that God sees our innermost hearts and souls and God calls us and I think that's why and I say this as someone in process myself discernment of calling is so important And why sometimes we need, well, we always need help and clarity and prayer. But I don't think God's ever exclusionary. I don't think God, and I know this is speaking in absolutist terms, but I don't think God ever says, no, not this race. No, not that gender. No, not that love. I don't think so. I think that often as with Mary Magdalene and Mary Zebedee, we are called through our experience and not just the experience, but how the experience transforms us. Mary Magdalene and Mary Zebedee were, they experienced Jesus and they were transformed by their experience of Jesus, and their response was discipleship, was to spread the gospel, to worship and praise God, and bear the good news. So there we are back, as we said before, to purpose. The knowledge and love of God. And I think that's a great place to recenter ourselves. I myself am feeling frustrated with the exclusion, frustrated with the microaggressions frustrated with the time that it takes to address them and so I ask as always for God's help and discernment and I thank you friends for your prayers and for our communal mission co-creators with God of a holy community In which everyone has a voice everyone has a seat and we provide the space for each person to be honored and contribute so instead of guarding the tomb Let us with open hands and hearts go to the place of holiness expecting God's miracles and carrying them forth from a place of abundance and holy praise that others may share. Amen. I hope that there was some clarity in there. If so, it is by God's mercy and grace. And I thank you for being not just co-creators in Christ. Maybe I shouldn't say just because that's no small thing, but for being co-creators in Christ and also for being such gracious and lovely loving companions with me as we dig through these processes and these layers and try to get to a place of love and understanding that heart knowledge, thank you for being here with me, my friends. I love you. and I don't say that lightly or small. <laughs> Almighty God. Giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray... Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.